Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Happy Sunday. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. If you're watching live, welcome. It's Sunday. Uh, if you're listening to this recorded, hey, we're glad you're here. Um, we're going to, to jump into something that I believe the Lord is saying uh, to us and for us today. Before we do, I'd like to pray. Father, we thank you so much for all of the incredible things that you're doing in and amongst us. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're holy. There's no one like you. There's nothing in the universe that's ever been created that is like you. Your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord. Father, I ask that you send your spirit to rest on us again, to fill us up to the full, to the overflowing, to give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what it is you're saying to us today. And it's in this name of your son, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen. Well, if you're watching this, this will be the last sermon that I preach as uh, the lead pastor of the Nashville Vineyard. Next Sunday, October 3rd, we're merging, we're uniting, we're coming together with another church, One Stone, church in Nashville and that pastor and myself are going to lead it together. It's going to be an incredible time uh, and I hope you'll join us October 3rd, 10 a.m. Uh, 1101 Stainback Avenue will be our new home, our new location, and we'll be there every Sunday coming to you. We'll broadcast this uh, as well, but this is it. This is the last time that I'll wear this hat <laughs> and uh, and preach because we're becoming something new. The Lord is moving us into a new season. Um, and if you're a part of us, I want you to know what he does corporately, he's doing individually, okay? Like I said last week, we're in a new season. And, and this is how we're moving into it. And the Lord has been so gracious and so kind to us over these years um, as, we, as we started this church uh, under his leading and guidance and, and just watching him lead us down the road each step of the way has been incredible. We've seen amazing things happen, amazing healings, amazing lives changed. My life has changed. My family's life has changed. It's been an incredible, incredible journey. And it really feels like this next season of what, what the Lord is doing right now, that this is a, a time where a lot of things that were promised, we felt like were promised to us from the Lord of what he was wanting to do on the earth through what he was asking us to do in the city is starting to come to fruition. We are already seeing prophetic words that we haven't seen fulfilled come to fruition uh, in, this, in this time together. And so this is an incredible time. It's amazing. At the same time, we're looking back and saying, man, Lord, you have been so faithful to us through this through this time. We've never been in want. We've never been in need. He has continued to provide and take care of us 
uh, through this time, and I know he's going to continue to do that uh, in the future. And you want to know how I know. And the way that I know that he is, is good, that he, that he does take care of those that he loves, is because we've, we've, we've found everything on the authority of the scripture. We believe the Bible, not our feelings. We believe what, it, what, what is written in here, not public opinion. Everything comes under the authority of the scripture. Not only prophecies and words of knowledge, but also emotions. Also how we're looking at things, how we're viewing things. And all of that has to come underneath the authority of the written word of God. That's how we roll. And so how do I know that he's going to take care of us while well, he says it? Right? Remember Isaiah 55, 6 says that his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we have to come under his ways, submit ourselves to his ways. And we learn those through the written text. And so... I know that the Lord is with us. I know that he's leading us. I know he's going to take care of us. Even though at times in this past journey, it has seemed shaky. Uh, there's been moments as a church where we weren't sure what the Lord is going to do and how it's going to happen. And the thing that I wish I could change about how God operates is his timing never quite matches up with mine. And so I, I want it to happen when I think it should happen. He typically does it on his own whenever, whenever it, it's, it's the time that he has appointed. And I'm learning, but I haven't learned totally, that his ways really aren't our ways, but they're better ways, even though the, sometimes they don't feel like it. And so even thinking about this past year, year and a half, almost two years, where the Lord had spoke to us and and said, I want you to stop meeting on Sunday mornings as a big gathering in your building. I want you to develop home churches. And so I know many of you are part of our home churches that are all throughout Middle Tennessee and beyond. And you're watching this. And, and it's a result of the Lord's leading us into this, uh, kicking and screaming, quite frankly. I thought I was an idiot and was breaking this whole thing. But he has been leading us every step of the way. And now looking back on it, I actually realized one of the things that he was doing, he was doing a lot of things, a lot of things, and, and that I could talk about forever. But one of the things he was doing is he was preparing us for this time right now. This time of coming together uh, with, with our family at One Stone. And, and we're going to be coming a new name. One Stone's changing its name. We're changing our name. We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come of how this is going to work. But even in this marriage, which is what is really happening between our two churches, the Lord has been preparing both both groups separately into this time, which is it's just the right time. And it's the right time because it's his time. That's just how it works. And so I've just been reminded this week, uh, over the past several weeks, the ways of the Lord really aren't our ways. I would have never planned this even a year ago. Never thought about it. But it's so much better than we can even imagine. Because he's really, really good. And he's really, really faithful. And again, I know those things. I rest on those things because of the scriptures. And so, 
I want to talk to you about a couple things today. I want to talk to you, first of all, about the love of God. I want to talk about the fact that He loves you. Because, as I've been praying and seeking and saying, you know, what do you want to say? I mean, that's that's my process. That's all of our process here that come to preach. Isn't isn't what are my thoughts? What are my ideas? What do I what do I want to do? I really try to get the mind of, of the Lord and say, what do you want to say to people? What do you want to say to me? What do you want to say to these people that are listening? And again, his faithfulness. He has different things on his mind at different times. And as I was seeking the Lord about what do you want to say? I mean, you know, even thinking you know, somewhat grandiose. It's like, man, this is the last time as the as the lead pastor of Nashville Vineyard that I'll, I'll preach. Like, this is a big deal. What do you want to say? I asked the Lord, and, and this is what I heard so clearly. Tell my people I love them. Tell them I love them. We talk a lot about God and, and the things that he does and and he gets blamed for a lot of things and and he gets credit for things that maybe he he doesn't need to be credited for he 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 gets blamed for all of the problems and very little credit for any of the success he's omnipotent omniscient omnipresent he's he knows everything he he's he's almighty all powerful he's he's everywhere at once he's all knowing he's he's all of these things and at the end of the day, with all of those things there, his heart beats for one thing. It beats for you. It's hard to imagine. It's scandalous because we don't deserve it. He doesn't need us, but he loves us. He doesn't want you to do anything he doesn't need you to stop doing anything. He doesn't he doesn't need you to help him with things. He's not trying to get anything out of you or the relationship. He just possesses the most pure love for you that has ever been poured out. He loves you. God, the God of the universe, loves you that should be crazy to think about because when we think about love we, th we think about all of the benefits right you think about what comes with that we all want to be loved we desire to be loved we, we need to be loved love literally helps us grow physically um, it helps our brains develop we, we were born with a desire to be loved and typically the root cause of all of our problems has to do somewhere with either us or the people who have perpetrated problems against us trying to fill that need of love with things that just won't do. It just won't do. He loves us. Several years back, I was in a... Um, uh, I guess it was a ministry, it was a feeding ministry. Uh, we were doing an outreach and uh, we were helping with another church. And we, 
we were part of this bigger thing. And, and so we were in this outreach in another city and, and you know how it is when you're on a mission trip, right? Like when you're on a mission trip, uh, sometimes if you haven't been, uh, pe people do things, uh, that, that maybe they wouldn't do in other places. Uh, people, people jump up and sing things that maybe they wouldn't sing. It's just, it's just a very spontaneous, somewhat out of control environment. And, and we were there and we were at this homeless ministry and, you know, this, this homeless ministry had a rule that, um, they couldn't eat. They wouldn't serve the food until they participated in the service. And, um, I'm not a huge fan of that. That's not what we do. When we have our city supper, we feed them and then we speak. But, um, but that was the rule. That was how they, they did it and each its own. And so I was a little bit peeved about that, quite frankly, being there. And, um, and so I was, I was not just peeved about that, but they, they began to, to lead worship. These, um, teenagers began to, to lead, lead in songs and, you know, we're trying to get everyone, you know, to stand up and, and that wasn't working because they were, they were still trying to do church like they did back home in this homeless shelter with desperately poor people, desperately in need, desperately hurting. And so they would, they'd prolong the food that they so desperately needed. And they were trying to put them through a typical Sunday service. So all of me was just sort of like recoiling in this. It just seemed, it seemed off. And that's another thing about me is that the Lord has to show me all the time that I, I really don't know anything because I was wrong at this moment because it was the right time and it was the thing the Lord was doing at that moment. And because they started singing this song, how he loves us, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us, right? And, and personally, I didn't love that song anyway. I didn't know why you would want to sing um, about that because it's not worshiping God. It's just, you know, talking about ourselves. I have all these weird things that I'm dealing with. So pray for me. But anyway, that was my headspace. I was, I was critical of how the thing was working. I was critical uh, of the music that was being played. I was just critical of everything. Not, not a great time to be, you know, in ministry at the moment, you know, trying to serve people. And through my criticism, the Lord broke in. And he said, shut your mouth and listen and look. And I looked around and every person in the room from, from the least, from the lowest, right? From, from the most in need and desperate, however you want to categorize that, to, to the people that, that weren't at that moment, at least visibly, Everyone was singing the chorus, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us, how he loves us so. And I sat and I watched these people that maybe, maybe it's hard to define how he loved them at that moment. I would have a difficult time if I was writing the story to say, oh, of course he loves them because their life and their circumstances and, and what they were in and, and how they were doing, 
it didn't seem like anybody loved them. And I'm sure they, they wrestled just like me, just everyone with feeling completely unloved and unwanted. Yet, as I watched them intently, I could see that there was something genuine in how they sang the words to the chorus that he loves us. Oh, how he loves us, how he loves us so. And everyone in the room was singing that chorus. And then the Lord showed me that they are joining in with the hosts of heaven, with with the the all of the saints in the cloud of witnesses, with every molecule, everything in the universe, echoing that chorus, singing that chorus with them, because everyone but us knows, everyone, the, the rocks and the trees, even the demons and the angels, those that have gone before us, the, the saints that we read about in the scripture, everyone but us is very sure that he loves us. And so at that moment, we were able to join in and come into really agreement with the whole song of the universe that God loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. And, and despite what you see in the natural and despite how it looked completely like no one loved these people, despite all of the things that you would use to process there was a truth that couldn't be undone by that, that chorus that he loves us. There was a truth that was more eternal, more true, more uh, powerful than anything else that has, has ever come into that one room. And so the truth of that phrase, the truth of that fact that God loves us superseded the, the truths that were around that we could see. The truth that God loves them enough, how much that he sent his own son to, to die and to bear the burden of our shame and our guilt so that we could be reconciled back to him, back to him. that truth superseded at a, at a deeper level than what was even cognitively recognizable at the moment. Some of them didn't, it really looked like, honestly, it looked like that they were, they were moving their mouths without even thinking about it. It was like their bodies came into agreement with a truth that their mind had no idea of how to understand. That God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And I know, I know it's hard right now. I, I keep talking to people and it's, it's hard. We're in a hard season of life. If you're watching this on planet Earth, you're in a hard season of life. There, there are people dying. There are natural disasters and tragedies. Uh, there is geopolitical turmoil. There is medical uncertainty. There is anything you can anchor yourself into has, has come loose. And we're flittering and floating around trying to find what we can anchor ourselves to because it is a difficult season right now that you are in, I'm sure. But I want to bring you a better truth. 
today. I want to bring you something that's more true than what we're currently experiencing. I want you to understand just for a moment, even if, even if your brain is still trying to process this, I want your spirit and I want your ears and I want your body to hear that even though those things are happening, that God loves you. He loves you so, oh, how he loves you. And it may not seem like it. It may not feel like it. You may feel all alone. You may feel despised. You may feel hopeless. You may feel like you're in the pit of despair. But I know that he loves you. I'm less convinced about myself sometimes. It's easy to believe for other people, right? But I know he loves you. And I'm believing he loves me. Because he says so in his word. He loves you. And he uses the foolish things. He uses things that don't make sense. He uses things that, that we can't put any sort of context around. And he, and he uses them for good for those that he loves and who love him. I'm going to tell you a story. It just happened last week. It's just sort of blown my mind. We had someone come up for prayer at our Sunday service. And they had come up for prayer for a specific thing. And, and as they were coming up for prayer, I grabbed these other people to come up for prayer and to join me. And as, as we heard the story of what person A was going through and what they needed prayer for, down to a very specific, you know, this is what happened, this is what happened, uh, then, then this happened, and so now I think I need prayer for this, was sort of the, the scheme of it. As we were going through that prayer and praying for her, to receive freedom. At the same time, someone else that was joining me in praying was also wanting prayer. And as they were praying for this person, all of a sudden, the Lord brought to mind a situation that was exact, I mean, identical to why this person needed prayer. And so he illuminated in, in this other person why they needed prayer. And we prayed for them, and they got healed and freed as well. What is that? That's crazy love that doesn't make sense. And he's using this problem to bring light and solve this problem, and he's going to solve them all together. And I, I don't understand how it works. Because these were years of things in the making. And he just decided last Sunday to bring these two stories to bear and to uncover them at the same time. I mean, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the making for these stories. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. And, and I know things are crazy right now. I know they don't make sense. Pastorally, I... I I hear story after story of things that just will break your heart. And I get it. And so we don't want to be be numb to that. We don't want we don't want to to ignore all of this stuff that's going on and, and just pretend and fake it till we make it. That's not what we're doing. But we're joining in with the echo, 
of the universe, of everything that's been created, and we're coming into agreement with a truth that far supersedes and outweighs everything we're currently going through. That he loves you. God loves you. The one who created everything. The one who holds everything together in his hand. He loves you. And what does that mean? That means that somehow, because his ways are not our ways, he will care for you. And, and it might not look like what you expect, and it might not look like what you think you need, but what I've learned is that he always gives us what we need. And he has much bigger vision, longer vision, wider vision, deeper vision, into the current circumstances, into our current problems, into everything else, than we could possibly think or imagine. It's like his thoughts are as high as the heavens are from the earth, is what Isaiah 55 says. And so he has this giant eternal view on things, and, and we sort of have to just trust him that he really does know what he's doing. Because we base that out of his love for us. And so, like I said in the beginning, the way that we know these things is because we come under the authority of the written word of God. We come under the authority of scripture and that truth supersedes all others. We've talked about it all summer. It supersedes how you feel. It supersedes what you think. It supersedes your opinion. It supersedes your friend's opinions. It's just, it's just much higher. And sometimes that hurts. And sometimes that stings. Because it means we have to change. It means we have to do things. It means we have to repent. It means we can't do whatever we want to do or just follow our feelings or have our own truth or all of that stuff. We can't do it. And so it stings sometimes. But let me tell you, it's also really, really good news. Because those same truths that supersede are same as this same truth that supersedes. That he loves you. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish. He loves you that much. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't give any money the chance at anything if it cost my son. No way. That's a crazy kind of love. It's a love that doesn't make sense. 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now, we talked about this before. He's not the modern Western American definition of love. He is the absolute embodiment of the truth of love. Those two things are different. You can listen to that sermon. It's a couple weeks back. 1 John 4, 9, and 11. Continuing on. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It wasn't that we initiated this. While we were still sinners, he died for us. 
know what that means? That means you can't do anything to change his mind about it. He won't stop. He won't stop pursuing you. He won't stop loving you. He won't give up on you. He loves you that much. First John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. There it is. There it is again. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. He's the embodiment of the true form of love. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says this, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation. That includes the pandemic. That includes uh, political turmoil. That includes... Um, medical uncertainty, that includes people dying, that includes people being sick, that includes people being taken for their time. Neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is manifest and represented in his Son, Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And so if something isn't lining up with these, that thing is wrong. Not that he loves you. That's never wrong. Isaiah 54.10 Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. If you're watching this, and you're on the Canary Islands, and volcanic walls are, are taking apart all of your stuff. Have you seen that? That's crazy. If, if that's you, you should know the mountains being shaken, and the hills being removed, it doesn't supersede his love for you. He doesn't explain why all these things happen. He's just telling you that he loves you despite your circumstances. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates in his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Galatians 2, 20, I've been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Psalm 136, 26, give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever and ever and ever and ever. This stuff will stop at some point. We'll die at some point. But his love for us goes far beyond that. It's eternal. We can't even wrap our minds around that. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved because of his love for us. Psalm 86, 15. But you, Lord, are compassionate and a gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. 1 John 3, 1 says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. See what great love the Father 
has lavished upon us, says the Apostle John to a severely persecuted church. That was the context in which that verse was written. His love supersedes our circumstances. You have to anchor to that. I know your anchors are slipping. I know the things that you had hope for are fading. I know as we're entering into, what, year two, three of this, it feels like 20 of this pandemic, and, and we, we keep thinking, surely, surely, this will be over soon and we'll get back to normal. And the hope of that normal is fading away. As that stuff is, is starting to rock you and your anchors are starting to slip and you're, and you're watching people that you love suffer and you're watching things that you've loved go no more. As you're watching those things and, and the holds loosen, there is one thing that you can hold into. And that is that God's love for you endures forever forever and he is for you and not against you he loves you and there's verse after verse after verse after verse after verse the whole story the whole thing from Genesis 1 through all the way to the end of Revelation the whole story is that God so loved you and it's a big story. It's a convoluted story. There's a lot of things happening. But there's one truth that threads the entire thing. He loves you. He loves you. And you don't have to do anything to earn it. All you have to do is accept it. He loves you. And he wants to come back into relationship. And he, he gave one, one way through that. There's only one way that this all works out. And he, and he went and made the whole ultimate sacrifice. Like he's done everything that he can do. And it's through the acceptance and the bowing to his son, Jesus, that we can come back into his love. He's made a way. And he's beckoning you to come home. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And so when I ask the Lord, what do you want to say to these people? What do you want to say to me? He whispered in my ear, tell them how much I love them. He loves you. Oh, how he loves you. How he loves you so. God loves you. So, I want you to, to take that. I want you to, to allow that to enter into who you are, to your very core. In the days and weeks and months and years and whatever it is ahead, there is one truth, and it is that God loves you. We're going to pray. Father, it's crazy. I don't understand your love. I don't get it. I have a hard time accepting it. So Holy Spirit, would you help us to receive the love of the Father? Help us to receive the love of the Father. 
For those of us that have been following Jesus for a long time and find ourselves in, in, in uncertain times and uncertain places and strange circumstances, can we anchor ourselves to the fact that you love us, help us, Holy Spirit, to see that, for that truth to go deeper than anything that we're experiencing. For those of us who haven't bowed our knee to Jesus yet, and we're wondering what is going on, and what in the world is getting ready to happen, and, and how do we find our way through this, would, would you come, Jesus, into the room, the good shepherd who's left the 99, who's going after the one who, who is no longer with the flock, the one who is not there, would you reveal yourself to them in such a way that they bow their knee to your kingship and your lordship, and they, they enter in and they trust you, and then they come into the love of the Father. May they feel that. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Well, we're moving locations. We're changing names. Things are going to be a little bit different, but we ain't going anywhere. And so we look forward to seeing you uh, in our home churches. Those are still running. They're going to be great. We're, we're actually going to be launching many, many more over the weeks ahead. And you can join us right back here at 10 o'clock online. Uh, just feel free to follow the page and uh, we'll be broadcasting uh, live from our, our new location, new service, new everything. Um, and, uh, and we hope you'll join us there. Listen, if, if you're new to the faith, if today was the first time and you're, you're wanting to, to know what it means to follow Jesus and, and what it means to actually receive the love of the Father, shoot us an email, grant at nashvillevineyard.org. You can shoot me personally an email and, and we'll walk with you uh, through that, all right? Blessings. We'll see you soon. For all upcoming events and more information about the Nashville Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day.